Yeah, yeah, Ryan Bars. Sit back, relax, real talk, what you listen to. Hosted by black brothers, distinguished individuals. So listen up, cause times is getting critical. This is where we ignite your mental and your physical. To the point where your spiritual is visible. Our mission, each one, teach one. Till our bond is indivisible. Where we make bread like bakeries. What you thought? It's a brother's podcast, Ash Crib Report. Brian Bars in World Tour. They give you fly bars in the world of sports. LT, the voice got the news. J Boogie, PC Joe, yeah they got the juice And last but not least we got Hawkeye and Mr. Wallace With the hot topics, yeah it's hard to stop us Stop and be our last resort It's the Burroughs Podcast, Stash Crib Report Chip, BK Welcome to the Brothers Podcast. I'm here with Jay Boogie. What's up? What's good, fellas? Happy Sunday. World Tour, what's up? What's going on, baby? LT The Voice, what's up? Gentlemen, gentlemen, happy Sunday. Luffy, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing? Have a blessed Sunday. Mr. Wallace, what's up? Police correct Joe, what's up? Hello, gentlemen. All right. LT the voice, you got any news? Well, um, now that we have a new mayor, everything is going to seem to be almost fine. Adams one. Um, shooting have been up tremendously this week. A whole lot of shooting. I got them written down somewhere, but today I don't feel like looking for it. But I'm still participating with us brothers today. And the coronavirus is as far as the vaccine, they making it mandated that people have to get the shot. Now, I feel in some instances, in some in some partake that is is not right. But we'll continue the conversation a little bit later about that. That's so far on the news. All right, World Tour. What you got with sports? Right, let's go to Jay Boogie. What you got with sports, Jay Boogie? A lot of <clears throat> a lot of controversy in the world of sports right now, brother. Um, as it relates to well, first of first and foremost, shout out to the Atlanta Braves uh, for winning the World Series. Remarkable job of what they did. Uh, a stand-up organization that, that always tries to put a, a good product on the field, and, and they did what they had to do. So shout out to them, uh, especially in the spirit of, of Hammer and Hank Aaron. Uh, it was great to see his wife out there. She was very emotional in uh, game three when they did a tribute to, to him uh, during the game. So that was remarkable to see how far uh, baseball has come in, 
and his influence on baseball as it relates to uh, minorities uh, in baseball. Um, the, the manager of the, of the Atlanta Braves is a guy that, that him or Hank Aaron had hired 42 years ago and to see him uh, win a World Series now is remarkable for him to do. Um, the Ben Simmons saga continues. Um, you know, the, the Philadelphia 76ers have chosen to find him now $360,000 in the last game uh, because he refuses to see their medical position. So a lot of issues there with him. This is like headed to a headed to a pass here where he's trying to force his way out of uh, Philadelphia. But we will, we will see where this goes. Um, one thing for sure is they won't get no value out of him if he's not playing. And so that's that's, uh, you know, kind of a wait and see type thing and see if they get him back on the court in order to get any value for him. And then obviously the hot, <clears throat> the real hot button issue was, was Aaron Rodgers and his, you know, him contracting coronavirus. He's okay. First and foremost, thank God he's okay um, from a health perspective. But uh, the bigger issue here is that he lied uh, when he talked about being immunized. And, and, and for, for all of us, the difference between being immunized and vaccinated is that immunized means you can't catch it. Vaccinated means you can. So um, he, use some BS. He clearly violated a lot of the protocols in which the NFL set in place. So it'll be interesting to see what the NFL chooses to do with him as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the narrative of him, you know, thinking that he's above everybody else is, is coming to the forefront even more so with this with this issue of him lying. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what the NFL chooses to do. What they did say was a couple of days ago is that he won't be suspended. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see if they choose to find the team for, for him violating uh, some of the NFL rules. A lot of good fights on last night, boxing, UFC, a lot going on there. NBA well underway. Um, you know, Knicks, shout out to the Knicks. They starting, they, they look good. Um, a lot of issues amongst a lot of other teams. Milwaukee doesn't look good at all. Lakers having some issues with injuries. And so, you know, early part of the season, but you know, we shall see what the season takes. And that's all I got for you on sports ball. I want to ask Fluffy a question. How you feel about yeah, um, yeah, hold up, hold up, Ma, I want to cut you off real quick. I want to ask Jay a question. Do you have to pay to get Eminem in his dive? Uh, from what? From the, for the COVID. You well, you can't, get, you, you can't get immunized. You, you can't get immunized because immunized means you can't catch it. But you can get vaccinated and vaccination is free. So what do you mean by being immunized? Immunized means you cannot catch the, the virus or the disease, whatever it is. In this case, it's coronavirus. There is no immunization for coronavirus. There is a vaccination. And the vaccination means you can still catch it with having less of the, of the symptoms of it, the worst of the symptoms. Um, immunized means you can't catch it. So nobody can be immunized at this point, but you can be vaccinated. And that's the problem. He, he kind of led them wrong. And <clears throat> obviously the NFL knew that he was lying because he petitioned the NFL to have his whatever, you know, treatment he was getting to have that being recognized as being vaccinated, but it, it's just not the case. And so it's, it, this is going to be interesting to see how the NFL chooses to handle this. Oh, cause I almost thought that was a shot. That, that's why I, no, he was taking pills. Oh, oh okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right, Fluffy, um, I want to ask you a question about your Brooklyn Nets. How do you feel about the Kyrie Irving situation? Well, I feel like he need to um, get it get it over with because by the end of the day, if you don't do nothing about it, because 
because they have seen something on the news about him. He get he got he gonna um I didn't even follow up on that. Um they say it's more more to it to uh, him not getting the um the the uh, back shot. This is more to it. He um I don't know, they probably find him or they probably take away some of his game privilege. I, I didn't follow up on that because they said um he gonna get penalized. So he need to get it over with so that he could be with the team so that could they need him right now. So they can move forward so they could you know what I mean so they could come back to a contender of a playoff. Um so if you don't do nothing about it, so he gonna be he the one that's gonna be messed up, he gonna mess up his career at the end of the day. Cause he wanna get paid, he wanna play the game that he loves to play. Can they win the so, championship without him? No, they cannot win without him. We always need every every piece that we have, you need that so you can so you could be be the best out of any kind of sports or any kind of game. Cause but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Ma, just just piggybacking off of that real quick. I think one of the things that he did have in his calculus is is paying attention to the fact that Eric Adams was was like ninety nine point nine percent going to win the mayoral candidacy uh, for New York City. I think one of the things Mayor Adams will probably do is roll back the mandate in New York City for for mandatory vaccines, and I think that's a part of his calculus, which won't be until January, mm-hmm. but. But I do think that's a part of his calculus um, and, and his willingness to hold out. And so I think that's something to really pay attention to once Eric Adams becomes officially the mayor uh, in January about what he does with the mandatory vaccination requirement in New York City. I think if that's the case, you know, we can expect to see him after January, which I think all signs point to Eric Adams doing it because it's causing a lot of uproar, not only in sports, but it's also causing uproar with NYPD, FDNY, sanitation, et cetera, et cetera. And that's something that they can't, they can't continue to have I mean, because they will probably look to go back to mandatory testing weekly. But I think it is absolutely a part of Kyrie Irving's calculus to wait it out until January so then he can get back in play. Yeah, yeah but, but it's going to be a problem for him too at the end of the day. Because if you take that long, Cause they might not, he might not even know to um to get back to the game that that he loved to play. He he might be out for the rest of the season. He might gonna have to wait for the next next season. Well, I'm he, saying he I don't think he will because because if the mayor rolls back, then he could start playing in January, which still gives him another six months to play basketball. Cause they they need him right now. Cause. Cause yeah, I, um, you know, I remember, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because you got to remember right now, every game he he he's he not playing, he losing like like 30, 40, 40 mil. Not only that, not only about the money too. It's about the um, the chemistry with the team. Yeah, because they got they got to be they got to be insane. You got to have all all all, all in or nowhere. Because they plan yeah. half of the game with him, and then when he come back in, they're gonna throw the whole team off. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You right. I wanna, I wanna add oh. into that. Um, I wanna add into that. Brooklyn Nets are trash. Oh, I know you're gonna see that. Oh. <laughs> I 
Why you don't do that? It's all right. And what else you gonna say, Joe? I'm listening. All right, so you know, we can moving on um to uh you know this year it's been 20 years since the 9-11 um terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center. What I want to ask you guys is where were you at when this happened and you know what was you thinking? How was you feeling? I want to start with um World Tour. You know, you don't have to come back to me because I was in the back. I'm going to come back to you. Can I sit down? Go ahead. I'm starting. Yeah, but when it happened, when it went down, I know exactly where I was at. I know exactly what I was doing. And it was crazy when it went down. I couldn't believe that. I was coming from work. I was working from um, um, 11 to 7, 11 at night to 7 in the morning. I was working right there from um um I don't know the name of the um area over there the plaza, but um after where the movie theater is at, I was working working security, getting up from work, got on the, um the 14 bus, going home, and I and everybody keep talking about she went down she went down, and um. And I couldn't believe it because we were everybody was shocking on the bus. Everybody was shocked. And I was like, yo, what's going on? I didn't even know what to think of. Cause shit like that, I didn't expect, I didn't know how you go about when shit like that go down. Cause you never you never prepare for nothing like that. So when um when I got home. Went to see my family, and I went to some. Um, at the time, I was going with um, Tisha, so we went over. I went over there and check up, check up on her. Just every everything's okay. We was watching that. We was watching everything going down on the news, and that was crazy. What about you, Mister Wallace? Uh nine eleven when that happened. I was um I was in college. I was in Morehouse. And um it's crazy because the night before I guess we had went out or whatever. Cause I woke up a little late that morning. And then I woke up, I opened my door, and right across the hall from me, they had a TV in their room and mad niggas was in there. So I walked over there. And I thought they was watching a movie. I was like, yo, what movie is this? And it was like, no, it ain't no movie. This shit's happening. I was like, what? And then like. 10 minutes later, um, they called everybody to the auditorium and it was like, yo, you know, we're going to take the week off of classes to make sure your people are straight. Because we had like, I think like 60% of our class was from like the New York, New Jersey area. Um, I wasn't really worried too much because my aunt was the only one that I knew personally that worked down there, but she wasn't working. Um, like she was out of town that week. Um, but I mean, this shit was crazy. I remember feeling like, yo, this shit is... It was like like a like a huge eye opener, you know what I mean? Like it was just like what the fuck? It was you know, and the world has been different ever since. So yeah, it was crazy, but yeah, that's where I was, and that's how I felt. Police correct, Joe.
I'm here. Um, um, well, it's crazy, but I was on like, I was in lower Manhattan at the time. I think around like 15 blocks away from it. I was around like Hudson Street. So I was like 15 blocks away. And I was a messenger in the morning, me and my cousin Maurice. And Maurice was like, oh shit, look at that. Um, we just heard a big bang. And we was like, yo, look at that. Um, I said, that's the world, that's the world trade on, 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 on fire. So Maurice was like, yeah, cause it was just like a big ass flame coming from the world trade. And I was like, that can't be the world trade. So we was like, what happened? He was like, there's a fire. So a security guard, but we didn't, nobody knew what was happening because we was like in the back of where the, the plane crashed at. So all we heard was, we said, it's a big, um, oh, it was a big boom. And then we just saw like the flames. So I remember Shorty, I, we was like right in front of the, we getting breakfast and Shorty came out and she was like, yo, can you take a picture with me in front of the, um, in front of the, 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 the building on fire? Cause she said she was a tourist. So I was like, no problem. So when I zoomed in, I was like, I think that's people jumping off the building. You know, and when I zoomed in, I saw people actually jumping off the fucking building, right? So, you know, regular shit would have been that just to go home. But me and Maurice decided to go closer to see what the fuck is going on. So we started walking closer to the World Trade. And, you know, we, we kept the distance because of the barricades and stuff. But I remember a security guard came out, a black chick. And she was like, these motherfuckers want me to stay here. And the fucking, a plane ran into the building. So we was like, what the fuck you mean a plane ran into the building? She was like, a plane ran into the building. I flew into the building. And they want me to stay there. Fuck out of here, I'm leaving. So she was just spazzing, like, they stupid. So we just sitting around. And like 30 minutes later, I think, we just saw the other plane hit that shit. And I had dust on me and all that. Everybody started running fucking going crazy bro like it, it was very traumatizing for me for a minute i couldn't sleep for like two weeks of seeing that shit but the crazy shit is um i was a messenger and people used to treat me so horrible like i don't know if y'all know but messengers get treated like real disrespectfully throughout the entire city like every time you go places they be like yo leave the packs right there ring the bell and leave before they open the doors because that was like in the early 2000s and that's the first time when the shit happened that I felt like, like I was, you know, like I was treated with respect. Like that's the first time, like it, it takes tragedy to get people together, but that's the first time I felt like, you know, uh, uh, an American, like I felt like, you know, cause everybody was like rallying up to go to war. So they were just like, you know, they was offering people sandwiches. And it was a lot of love shown in a tragic time, but it was, it was, so it was a horrible, but it, but it, it was very traumatizing for me, like me seeing those bodies fall. And then when the body was falling, when we went up, because the closer I got, I kept hearing the bang, bang, bang. And it, it fucked me up for a minute. I still can't, you know, I still, I still like every time I walk past the World Trade, even though I work right there now, I still see that shit when people jump over the building. But that, that, that was my story. What about you, LT, the voice? Yeah, man. Um, I, I I agree with what Mr. Wallace said. It had to be almost a weekend. As I remember, I woke up on one of them nights 
when I have you got a little sippy sip. And I have my TV on CNN. And then I heard it say, oh, a plane just crashed into the World Trade. So in my drunk head, when I, cause I had my sip, I'm thinking it's a late April Fool's joke. It said another plane crashed into the other world trade. So I opened my eyes, I'm looking. And they kept showing it over and over. So I woke up and that's when I had my daughter. I went and got her from school. I walked upstairs in white walls to the roof so I could look and I saw nothing but fire, flame, not fire, but I saw smoke coming from the World Trade. I went to the school and I went and got my daughter. I thought it was a late April Fool's joke, serious. Because the night before, I went out and had me a good time. You know, we was kind of young. That's 20 years ago. So, you know, everybody probably had their fun and all that. And I went and got my daughter. I was in the house knocked out, sleep. And I heard it, I heard it on CNN. And that's what made me realize that something was going on. And after that, they had the tanks outside and all that. I felt like we was in a third world country after that. I passed the mic. All right, Jay Boogie. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, this is very, like, just like yesterday for me, but obviously being a veteran and being in the army for 20 years. Um, I joined the army in September of 2000. And so for two, for one year of my army career, I spent, I spent in the army at peace. And for the last 19 years of my military career, I spent being in the army on a nation at war. And fundamentally 9-11 changed my life forever. Um, I was at a party in Germany, clubbing, banging, having a good time. And I got that call that everybody needed to get back. And so, um, you know, I will, I will never forget not being able to get a hold of my family for at least a week because cell phone, telephone wires were down in New York. You couldn't get a hold of nobody. You tried to send mail. Mail wasn't working just to make sure that my family was okay. All of none of my family worked in the city. But for me, what it changed was how we approached everything. And we started viewing and looking at things that were going on in Europe quite differently because of 9-11 not knowing exactly right away where the, where the issue was coming from, where the, where the insurgents came from, where these terrorist attacks came from, where they originated from. And it changed my life forever, obviously, because literally 12 months after that, um, I was on the second wave of people that went into Iraq to go and, you know, once we figured out what, what we believe, where it was coming from, I was one of those first few people that went into that country to try and go after the enemy in which we believe attacked our country. And so for the last 19 years of my life, I've been in the, in the service in a nation at war. And so it changed how we operated, how we functioned, how we, 
how we moved, how we looked at people, how we gathered intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. And it's one of those things that you just never forget because most people will spend their life in the military, not at war. And I spent 19 of it at war, whether it was Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, and so it, it has fundamentally changed how I operate, how I think, how I maneuver. And I think it changed all of our lives, quite frankly, um, on things that we do, what we look out for, what we pay attention to, you know, things of that nature. So, but, but to, to your point that you said earlier, um, both, you know, um, it, with tragedy becomes opportunity. And there was a lot of opportunity that a lot of people seized on, um, good, bad, or indifferent. A lot of people seized on 9-11 uh, from a financial perspective and the things that they did. And I think that's one of those things that people really don't talk about enough when they talk about 9-11 is how greed of companies um, capitalized on, on what they were able to make money on. And people made billions of dollars off of 9-11 just based off of things that they did overseas. Um, but, you know, that, that's something obviously that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, lost a lot of friends uh, at war, um, trying to, you know, fight this thing and uh, continue to do what we had to do for our country as we all took an oath and raised our right hand to say we will, we will die for the country and die for the Constitution, essentially, uh, to protect each other. And so it is, it is extremely important to me that I, that I always take that time to reflect not only on 9-11, but but days after that, you know, and before that, to, to make sure that we remember those that made the ultimate sacrifice, um, that their memory doesn't go in vain. And so it's extremely important to me. I spent a lot of time, um, you know, at Arlington National Cemetery, seeing, my, seeing some of my friends that are buried there, uh, losing their life, paying ultimate sacrifice. Um, and so it's extremely important to me. And it, and it, you know, makes me stronger every day. And I continue to fight because I know what these folks laid down on the line for, for all of us to continue to do what we do on a day to day basis. So. That's me on 9-11. World tour. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. What's your thoughts on? Yeah, um. Yeah. All right, he's breaking up. Y'all can hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. Um, all right, all right. Now, 9-11, I remember I was working at um, Lower East Side in a school. Now, I remember that day. It was 20 years ago. It was definitely 20 days ago. I was 18. So I had a little job in the school. And I just remember, you know, regular day. I had just got in not too long. I, I think I got in at 8.30. And it happened, like, it happened around, like, early. So I'm walking down the hall. I see some lady running down the hall. Oh, the world trade's on fire. So we looking, and I just see a hole in the, in the smoking. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. Everybody was rattled. So like a whole bunch of us went up to the roof. And well, Bobby on the roof, we looking at it. We just looking at the hole in awe. The smoke, everybody got the TVs on in the office. I had TVs in the office and in the conference room. And then I'm standing out there and I see the second plane come out of nowhere. And, and then it comes straight. It came straight, and then it made the turn. Like, I'm getting all the way in the building. Boom. Once that happened, I was like, I am out of here. I immediately went to my, my locker, got my stuff, my coat. I didn't tell nobody I left. Got on a train on, on 2nd Avenue, on the F train. 
When I mean the train was jam-packed and nobody was talking at all. It was silent on the train. And there was so many people on the train. And I think that the trains had stopped at a certain time. So I was like one of the last batches to get back in Brooklyn. And then when I got back to Brooklyn, it was a free-for-all. They was out there looting. I heard they tore Belmont, Pickett Avenue, everything. Like all, all the gang members was out. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. And of course, a couple other things happened, like memorable things happened the next day with me, but that's neither here nor there. But it was it was crazy. Like I was like, it, it was it was real crazy. And the temperature in the hood told it all. It was like mayhem, a lot of looting. That was the first time for us for me to actually see it, like how it was looting over the Rodney King thing. They was actually looting out there because the whole precinct, every precinct had to go to Manhattan, so to say, and lock and hold it down Brooklyn Bridge. So it was wide open for the criminals. And that was crazy to see because I wasn't really on no looting shit. But the mobs was out and it was just, it was just a sad thing the days after. And they talking about the totality of deaths. And it was just crazy. And you see all the news clips with people with the dust, how Joe was saying, like, it's crazy, like it was, it, it was nasty out there, and like how Jay was saying, like you know, like Jay work, Jay response was very like he worded it right because like it was a lot of things going on, and I was definitely thinking about my man Jay just left fresh. Jay was a baby, he was all babies, you know what I'm saying? So like he out there in that life, and we hearing about Iraq, like that was a real thing, like. So it was just a lot, man. When a lot of family members got affected, a few people that we all probably know somebody who died in, in that situation. Well, it was it's crazy. And of course the financial aspect and that um that brought in the gap of rich versus poor. It made the gap even more. Because the rich definitely capitalized off of that. There's so many conspiracy theories, but I'm not even here for all that. But that was my own um, the day of it. That's what happened for me. Yeah, man. It's a crazy situation, man. I'll tell you where I was at. I was sitting up in um Redock school and shit. And um, so one girl came and said, Yeah, um, you know, World Trade Center got hit by a plane hit the World Trade Center, so I ain't paying no mind. So then somebody said it hit another one. Right. Then I'm like, all right. Then I went to a second period class. Then a girl, I never forget, she girl came in and said, Yo, they hit the Pentagon. And I did something similar to Tories. I said, I'm gonna fuck, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. <laughs> got the fuck up out of that school, boy. That's a fact. I got up out. I said, I'm gone, I'm out of here. I said, but I said, but I before yeah. I did that, I said, I need me some, I said, I need me some breakfast before I go home. So I went on up, uh, went to picking and mother gas and got me some. Remember the um yeah. the diner, the diner. I went up and got me some French toast and bacon. Then I was walking back home. Then I heard and I saw all uh, people at the um you know where they sell a little hat set. You, know, you could buy fitted hats from the little stores and shit. They was listening to the shit on the radio and stuff. So I said, oh this is this is kind of crazy. Everybody standing around and shit. So I, I I walked. I think I walked all the way home. When I got to the crib, I sat down. Sat down in front of um, the TV, and then that's when I saw the fucking shit crumble. The first one, boom. 
I said, oh, shit. Then I saw the next one hit. I said, oh, this is crazy. I said, yo, man, that, sh that shit was really eye-opening. I think um, I think for maybe for all of us, I think that probably introduced terrorism to all of us. Because I don't really think we was even thinking about any of that kind of stuff at that present time. But I think we all are aware of terrorism right now. <laughs> and I think that's because of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think nobody's thinking yeah, about that thing. We, we, yeah. we, we didn't think about A-Rabs being as bad as people as they was that I should have. I don't think it was A-Rab, but, you know, like I said, like, you never, because it's kind of like iffy at that time. It was uncertain at what was going on. No one knew what was going on. You know, then the people said, don't know. And <laughs> the home, like, it hit New York. Like, wow, they really come in New York, and that can hit home. That hit, you know, that can, that can affect a lot of people, family members, friends, you know. And you say, wow, that could have been me because, you know what I'm saying? You could have been out there or we could have been anywhere. And you saw all the stuff with the plant going on, on the trains and people walking in through the, through the, um, through the tunnels because they can't get on the train, walking across the bridge. It was, it, it was crazy. It was a lot of, it was chaos. It was chaos you out here. The, 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 the crazy thing is about me, I had just to add that. Right before 9 11, and that's before I had my daughter. My, my daughter was being born, she was being pregnant, and I started pressing C, 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 and I got like a 64 on my ASVAB, so I didn't pass, so I couldn't go into the service. And that was right before 9-11. So I would have been caught up in that 9-11 BS. So I'm kind of glad I didn't go. And I just started picking any answer. Yeah. But now yeah, I'm kind of upset because I would have been Jason, um, Chief of Commander. <laughs> yo, yo, lie. I ain't gonna forget this the second time you said you put C for everything. So you tell her the truth about that. You really did put C all the way down. <laughs> now, yo, one thing I wanted to add though about the. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Because I was thinking about my daughter. Yeah, I was like, I'm about to have a baby. Why would I? Nah, I'm not gonna leave. But, yo, one thing I, to, 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 about the 9 11 thing, what was weird to me. Not to go into the conspiracy theories, but both buildings fell down as like demolition style. And then the third building fell and no plane even hit that shit. And then I forgot to mention the Pentagon and they then they intercept one that they said was aiming for somewhere else, wasn't it? It was a strategic yeah, hit. Yeah, it was going. Um yeah, and then I mean I'm gonna yeah, ask. The buildings fell down because of the um um the structure of the building, the beams, the structure <laughs> of the building. I want to I want to add something. The fire was the fire was so it was so it was so hot. The beams that they had it just melted down. That's what made it kind of crumble even faster. But but I want to add something though because I remember I was a messenger, right? And even though the World Trade was going on, I was still in the city. And I was, you know, I had to, that, that's where I worked at. 
And I remember the fire department and the, and the NYPD would always be fighting because the whole area was blocked off and they'd be arguing and the, and the fire department and the cops were fighting. And I remember I asked one of the guys that was down there, this white guy, I was like, why are they fighting? And I'll never forget this. He said, you know, those, those greedy bastards are, that's what he said. He said, those greedy bastards are fighting for the, to, 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 to steal the gold down there and the Rolexes because it was mad jewelry stores that got hit up. But I never forget, I was down there and I'm like, we all together. And you go down there and you see all the cops and fire performers fighting each other. It's fucking bananas, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. And so Fluffy, I want to know, did this, did this um, introduce you to terrorism and, and, and what did what your thoughts on terrorism after this? No, the only thing it introduced me to is um how anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And um and this um it could happen everywhere anywhere. So it doesn't matter how strong this country is how how um how great they are. It's just like anything can happen to and um everywhere or anybody. So so the only thing I could say is everybody have to be ready, be on there. If you got any kind of training, you know what I mean? Anything can happen, just make sure you you know what you're doing. Because at the end, um, because I didn't know um Joe was up there when um when I went down. I didn't know Joe was in Manhattan. Good thing I thank God I wasn't in Manhattan. Because if I was in Manhattan, I probably would do some some other shit. Probably go up there, and do this, go up there, and um, wondering when I mean wondering like, or see what's going on. Or probably hit we hit one of them fucking jewelry store. Anything, yeah, I could do anything. <laughs> but good thing I think God wasn't up there. So I think God, I was in Brooklyn coming from work. And watch CNN, watch the news with people, um, loved ones, and that was it. And then Jason, what happened with Jason? Everything. And I mean, he was out, out there, fresh, fresh, fresh out the boat, going out there, <laughs> do what he got to do. That's crazy. So I thank God I wasn't a part of that shit. I was just coming from work, like I said. But I will tell you guys, all right, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people just don't think about, right, you know, 9-11 happened 20 years ago. Um, and you think about the amount of women and men um, that, that spent a lot of time overseas uh, fighting, fighting in a war uh, in both Iraq and Afghanistan, Syria, Yemen, other places um, to, to search out, destroy uh, these folks that want to bring harm to us. We, you know, we play an away game uh, in the military, in the United States military. We play an away game so we don't have to fight at home and they got us at home. And so our responsibility is to make sure that we don't have to fight at home ever again. But what, what is overshadowed in all of this is that the amount of people that had to go spend time over there, um, where, where will they be 20 to 10 years from now, right? And that's, that's kind of one of the things that kind of goes overshadowed in all of this is, you know, what are people's mental, what are people's mental health looks like you know, some of the things that they've experienced, do they look at these folks in a different light as, as, as 
as white folks tend to look at black people, we tend to look at, you know, people of Middle Eastern descent in the same light. Um, and it's not fair to them because they're all not evil, right? So, but, you know, people that have had to experience those 20 years, you know, fighting in this war year in and year out for, for, for maybe sometimes what they didn't know what they were fighting for, but yet, you know, you took an oath and therefore you are obligated to go and do this. Those are the folks that we really have to pay attention to. And, and my fear, my biggest fear is that, you know, veterans will be of an abundance, of an abundance of people that served in the military over these last two decades um, because they may not be able to deal with and or handle it um, because PTS is certainly a thing, right? Um, I don't like to say PTSD because, you know, it puts a stigma to it. So I like to say PTS. And so there, there are these folks that had to spend multiple times over there, years at a time. First time I went, I spent 15 months. The second time I went, I spent 12 months. Um, you know, growing up in the streets of Brooklyn, that helps me, um, you know, dealing with situations like that. But there are a lot of folks that didn't grow up the way I did. And so they have to deal with it and they have to manage it. And so within these next five years or so, man, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, nationwide, you know, how, how high homeless veterans uh, will, will become because we saw it in the Vietnam era. We saw it a little bit in the Desert Shield, Desert Storm era. And I think there's no doubt about it. We can't avoid it. It's going to happen. Um, I think we'll see it as well with the with the 9-11 era. Yeah, that's definitely, that's that's definitely a fact. That's, whole, that's a whole fact, you know. Um, you know, that's a big problem too. A lot of veterans, they they go, they fight for the country, they come home and guess what? They, they, they end up in homeless shelters, you know, or they don't have the help, the necessary help that they need. So we ain't got no money. Country broke, man. We just came off a, a year of giving people unemployment. Extra yeah. unemployment, you know what I mean? Like we that's, that's crazy. That's that they, 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 they doing all that. I'm an oath, they got an oath serving the country. And then when they come back home, ain't nothing they get nothing back to it for it. I mean, for it, they don't get nothing back for it. I'm sure some people will be all right, but uh, I think, yeah, Jay, you're right, definitely right. A lot of them are going to be misplaced. They're just, they're not, you know, if you're not coming back to a family, you're depending on the government to subsidize you. I think you, you and you and you know, you install for a rude awakening, yo, because the government just don't got it. Yep. Mm. Right, that's a fact. So, uh, Mr. Wallace, while you there, how has life changed in America since 9-11, in your opinion? Yeah, I was thinking about that while everybody was talking. I'm like, before 9-11, like, like everybody on this call, you know what I'm saying? From, from when you was a kid to 18, shit was different than when you was 18 and now, saying Just the Patriot Act alone. I mean, I used to work at the, and then, um, like, right after that, I started working at the bank. And it was just, you know, life just got much more stringent. You know, I think that was the, um, because it's not, it's not a, it's not a, you know, overnight thing. It's a steady, it's a steady erosion, right? And I think that was the beginning. I think that was the excuse that they used for the beginning of our erosion of our rights. Um, and since then, I think the government has been and has gotten consistently more and more hands-on um, than it was before. Uh, I think the Patriot Act 
open the door for it. And I think once certain people saw how much access they had with that, they just kind of, you know, kept piggybacking off of it, piggybacking off of it, piggybacking off of it. To, to now we're at the point where, you know, they can mandate us to take vaccines. Um, uh, before 9-11, I don't think that would be a possibility. Um, life has just been, and also, you know, to Jay's point, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that it, it, it since 9-11, I think we're a lot, I, I think we're more discriminatory. You know, I think or we're, or we're easier, easily convinced to be discriminatory. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think it takes as much to um, pit people against each other since then. And of course, since the things that have happened since then. But I definitely think that was the, the first point. I remember that movie Siege with Denzel Washington. And um, I don't know if y'all ever seen it, but it was like, he basically locked up all the fucking, you know, any Arab or any, any, any Arab or Muslim in, in New York. They had them locked up in these cages and shit. And it was like, that's how people really felt, you know. Like that's how people really felt. Um, so, sorry to cut you off. The siege was a um, it was a woman involved in it too, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, but I, forgot, I forgot her name, but she's a great actress. Um, I think Annette Bennett was in it. I think that's her name. Yeah, I saw, I saw it. It was a woman, and they had the bus situation going on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a bus situation. They had a few, yeah, a few things. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw it. But I remember, like, that's how really, how people really felt, you know what I mean? Like, like it was just, and, and to Jay's point, like, you know, you, being Black in America, you understand discrimination. And, you know, I never wanted to be a part of that. I've always had Indian, Arab friends or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think 9-11, since then, yeah. I think it's gotten, you know, just, it, life is different. Yeah, close, All life right, has sure. been way different. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And that's my take. I don't want to take it. Uh -huh. All right. Thank you. All right, Joe. Go ahead. Since you interrupted Mr. Wallace. Right? I didn't interrupt anybody. I just you, you heard you say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, you, yes, you did, Joe. Yes, you did, Joe. I thought I was on mute. I apologize, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you were talking to the Chinese man. Yeah, he was no, gay. You, you, no, but to, you know what? That 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 wasn't that wasn't. No, that wasn't. But that wasn't my that, that wasn't my first time dealing with terrorism. Like you know, like I I, I live in I live, you know where we from. I see I, I live next to terrorists. That's how I believe. I, I live next to them terrorists all my life. I, I I see you know we all see people getting killed off of dumb shit like. But I think it was like for the people that live in the suburbs and, and, and their life was all great. I think it introduced them to terrorists. But we've been living next to terrorists. Yo, you you don't you can't mix terrorists up with thugs. What you got domestic terrorism and you got foreign terrorism. And these niggas in the hood that would shoot each other and kill each other and, and terrorizing the neighborhood, that's terrorism, bro. No, so no, it's not, it. bro. It's not terrorism, it's not terrorism that much. That's 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 part of the that's part of the Culture where, where we from, so that's not that makes that, that but that, that makes it okay. Hey, that's where you from. We just we just we, 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 we,
But we just it don't make it okay. It don't make it okay, like you said. No, it don't. But at the same time, this is different. A, terror, a terrorism will, will blow you, you blow, yeah, blow, right. blow you, you up. You can't mix terrorists up with a thug. Don't, don't, don't a, 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 thug, a, thug will, will, a thug not going to blow you up, not going to uh, blow your kids up or your family up. You sure? Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. <laughs> but Spot, in, in, your, in your news, right? In your news, in your news, in your news you just gave, you just stated that the gun violence is up and shoes are up. Huh? I, but that, that I didn't say that was terrorism. That is, this, that's a form of terrorism, brother. To me, because we were just all talking about PTSD, how oh, we all have it. We don't trust anybody. We've been through all this shit. PTS, PTS, not PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. No, Joe's leaving the suburb. Joe's leaving the suburb. I don't live in a suburb. I don't live in a suburb. But what I'm saying is that's not my. That's not my. Like I live around violence my entire fucking life. Julie, so when, that the, when, the, when the white people is that? I don't know. Listen, I'm just saying it, it's a it's a kind of uh, a form of terrorism where we live at, right? But it did, like I said, in every, in every millionaires are formed, right, off of every tragedy. And like you said, like the security, it was more security guard jobs, more, more, you know, it's a, it a lot. People make money off. Like even with this pandemic right now that we're in with the, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of millionaires that come out of this. It's just the nature of the beast. So, you know, but to, but to, to you know, to, to but it, it did change everything as far as security, traveling on planes, you know, it changed our whole life, 9-11. You know, and, and they're, they're very careful who they bring in the country. And it, it, they, they start watching people tracking you. So, so you know, the, the world got different. It definitely got different. It, 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 they, they violate your rights way more after 9 11. That's my thing. All right. LT The Voice, how has life changed since 9 11, in your opinion? I'm in the store. Give, give me a second. Go to somebody else. Okay. Jay Boogie. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, life has changed for all of us, right? How we move to the airports, you know, how we get searched in airports, how we get searched on the streets. I mean, and um, I think to Joe's point, I think what, what always gets, you know, understated in this is domestic terrorism because domestic terrorism is a thing. Um, when you when you take a look at January 6th, um, that, that was an act of domestic terrorism. Uh, so it is a thing. Um, and it's something that's totally understated and, and, and almost under talked about because it is a thing uh, in the country. But, you know, fundamentally, life has changed in every asset that you could possibly think of uh, since 9-11. Um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no there's no there's no getting around that. Um, it has changed. Uh, both domestically and from a from a foreign policy standpoint, you know things have changed. How we posture the military overseas, how we posture the military in the states, and what we have folks in the National Guard ready to do. I mean, it, it changed. Their mission has changed as well. Normally, the National Guard was around for like natural disasters, hurricanes, et cetera, for for humanitarian assistance and disaster relief. Now they're here, ready for riots of domestic terrorists and and things of that nature. So it has changed. It changed how we operate, our daily 
tactics, techniques, and procedures. It changes all of that stuff. So it has, it has fundamentally changed and it will never go back. Can I, yeah. can I, can I uh, say something? Yeah, sure. um, everybody is, is, is referencing terrorism. Of course, it was, it was a heinous act of terrorism. But, you know, terrorism isn't always violent, right? It's just, just the use of violence or intimidation, like fear tactics, anything um, that you use against civilians for a, a political aim or pursuit, right? So since then, in, in those contexts, right, in that context, understand that it's not only an act of violence, but it can be an act, an act of intimidation. Do we, and I can't even, you know what I mean? I, I don't even want to say this because of who I am or what, where I, what I do, but do you think governments commit acts of terrorism against their civilians? Well, well, I think that there are there are things uh, within side of the federal government that they have the ability to look in or watch on certain things. And so do they turn a blind eye to some of this? Yeah, they do. Um, because, you know, a lot of these cats have money, which is inside of their pockets. And so I think that's kind of the point you're getting at here um, from a political standpoint. Can some of this be avoided? Yeah, absolutely. It could be. But but will it be for as long as those guys are in their pockets and they're providing them the money that they need? I mean, look, look at how long we're, we're going we're gonna to go at this January 6th commission for quite some time because there are political implications to a lot of folks that were involved in this that they don't want to see this happen, to your point, because maybe they did allow this to happen, right? So, I, I, you know, you have a valid point and a valid argument in that as well. Well, I was actually speaking about the nonviolent um, incursions of the government. Like the fact that, you know say 20, 30 years ago, someone could work as a, as a bank teller or a bank manager or a factory worker and supply, you know, take care of their family. Now that is impossible in this country. Is that an act of terrorism? It is, based on the definition of terrorism. I, I got an input. I mean, I got something to say about that. Um, I, I'm going to tell us um, a little thing that they told me when I was, I don't know if I would, probably when I was in school or this is something that they told me I want to share with y'all and y'all tell me if it's part of um part of the government whatever because this is what they used to tell me this is told me the government pay a part of stuff like that when when stuff like that go down meaning that this is the story that they they told me they told me that the government used to like they're going um like when they had nothing going on right now so they're trying to find something to go something to for it to happen like they'll knock on the um like say um over there or um iraq overseas whatever they knock on the door you know the government sells sell guns whatever they knock on the door then the day door and and let them know that oh they got this gun for sale whatever whatever they sell it to them so they could start some type of a fight. They knock on the door and be like, yo, we got this gun for sale, whatever, whatever. You could buy it and go go to war. Like they sell it to the to the enemy. 
when they sell it to the enemy, so the enemy could use it, and then that's how they start a war, and that's how they play a part of the government play a part of um whatever was whatever, so they could store some, so they don't have nothing to go, nothing to um the war. They don't have nothing going on. They how they, they got they they all start something to make it happen. So. This is the story that they used to tell me. They used to tell me they'll go knock on the on that door and introduce them to to guns and sell them to sell them to them to the enemy, and that's how they they'll start their war with the um, with the United States. So my thing to, my thing is, you think that that was a, a that was a true statement or not? Could be. I don't know. I hear a little bit of where he's coming from. You talking about like, like that movie, Lord of War? Third world country um, obtained weapons of mass destruction, basically AK-47s, the second and third. But us in New York, it's a problem to protect and serve ourselves. If, if, if that's what you're trying to say, then I hear what you're saying. I think what you're trying to say is that on the low, we have gun runners that sell guns to our enemies. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a possibility. I'm not sure. Um, uh, uh, yeah. But I mean, the Lord of War was supposed to be based on a true story. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just, I just refer to the things that are like on paper, you know, like we've, we've printed over a billion dollars in, in money this year. And I mean, like, like to Jay's point, right? Like we got troops coming back. What do we got for them? We got half the world unemployed, you know, or making less than $50,000 a year. What are we doing about that? And it's just, you know, I believe the greatness in the thing comes from, you know, recognizing its flaws and trying to work on those things. And the more we keep ignoring America's flaws and keep acting like we're just this shining beam of light, it's like, yo, you know, there's so many cracks in this shit and we are, you know, we got a shaky ass foundation and we, we have to pay attention to that. You know what I mean? And it, it's like, we're not. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're not. And, it, and, and I feel like it's getting more of a, of a terrorism thing, you know what I mean? Like, like the definition itself, you know, I mean, the use of intimidation for political means. What the fuck is this vaccine? You're telling people they could lose their job and their livelihood after going through a year of uncertainty? You think that's not intimidation? Of course it is. And that's in a pursuit of, of a political aim. That is terrorism. You know what I mean? And, and instead of looking at ourselves and picking apart the pieces we need to, we revert to these tactics. And that's just, it's just disappointing for me. It's just disappointing for me because we should be greater than that. I'm sorry, I'm going for the tangent, man. This shit just got me thinking. Okay, my bad. Yeah, no. Nah, nah, oh, um, but, 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 to, but to add to that too, you know, like inflation is coming to add on to what Mr. Wallace is saying. So like, we have to start like stacking, investing. We got to, try to, you know, because when inflation hit, because like I said, everything at the top must go down, right? And the, the country's in a lot of debt right now, and then we just keep printing money, 
printing money without no gold behind it, no silver behind it. And, you know, things, the, the price of shit is going to go up and, the, and, and the, the, the dollar is not going to be as powerful as it once was. So we have to prepare for this shit to go down. So this shit is not going to be all peaches and 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 and, 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 and a beautiful, you know, rough times are coming, a recession is coming, shit is coming, and we have to, we have to prepare for it, fellas. Even if it's like, and I think that 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 that's what brought rise to bitcoins and 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 you know crypto. That's why crypto is so popular because people don't have faith in the American dollar anymore. And you know, I'm learning all this shit, and we have to just we have to start investing. You gotta start making the right moves for your for your family because shit about to hit the fan. Man, hey. So I want to go to Tor. Tor, world tour. Um, how has life changed um, since nine eleven? In your opinion? Yeah, it changed a lot. Like um, like Jay was saying, just like your whole experience abroad. <laughs> Definitely within the airports, the the um the security measures that that changed dramatically from what it used to be to what it is now. It's just a lot, and then you know um also with the surveillance or some enemy as a state shit, man. You know what's going on out here, and then it was and then it was facilities. That was operating where I think it was with Guantanamo Bay. It was openly, um, openly torturing inmates. You know what I'm saying? With no just do or no court system and crazy shit like that. So a lot of it was a lot of effects after that, and they used that. I think the Wallace was saying that they they using these things to creep in in more and more in your life and and have more control. Like you know the same thing we on the phones all the time. And we think we watching the phone. The phone is watching us, man. The phone know everything going on in your house. Like, so it's, it's just a lot. And, you know, I just, I'm in my bubble. I'm not as in tune with um other things, so to say, whereas, like, you know, JB into a lot of pointing rooms and things like that. So it's Mr. Wallace. So I know it's even a higher level of, scrutiny and 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 extensive background checks they really digging in to find out what's going on they want to know everybody what's your dog name and all that so i think the privacy has been definitely evaded amongst the, the whole terrorists and then in the movies is out the wazoo i love a good terrorist movie let's just be crazy like one of my best movies is is um on this point that is fire. <laughs> Word, but you know that's real life shit though. That's real life shit. I understand that. It's crazy though, man. Yeah, man. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with um. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, LT. Yeah, you hit it on the nose. You hit it on the nose with Enemy of the State. That's the Will Smith movie. Right. I, I appreciate you saying that because I was going to hit on that too. Because with this facial recognition shit, that's exactly what that movie was about. That's why he always had his hat all the way down. Mm-hmm. 
So you absolutely right. This new technology, all the things you see where you've been at, where you went, where you came from, where you going, all, all this new shit. That's how they catch up a lot of people now, too. And I, I, I want to add one more thing, too. Yeah, wait, but, yeah, wait, 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 wait. I, 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 I want to get into the question, too, before, before you get into it. Yeah, I got you right after. What was the question again, though? How has life changed since 9-11? Oh, it made me more aware of my time. Where I'm going, what I'm doing, what time I'm doing it, to be alert at all times. Kind of like when I was growing up in a British style and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? I just made sure to just pay attention. Pay attention and you have to be more alert because anything can happen at any time. And I'm believing that that because I hear a little feedback in my ear. In my ear. So I don't want to make the feedback. Go ahead, Joe. No, I just want to add one thing, right? So one way that 9-11 changed everybody's life is surveillance, right? So they, they can tap it on your iPhone. So they basically watch you. So if y'all, if y'all like to watch porno and shit like that, y'all should cover up the camera before you do what you do because you don't want the government having your face and shit, doing some crazy shit. Oh, shit, Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I gotta say off the internet. I gotta say off the internet. All right. So, Fluffy, two questions. One, how do you think 9-11 was handled by the government? And two, do you think it could have been prevented? Yeah, it could have been prevented. But Remember when I was thinking about that story actually earlier? If I be part of it, you never know. But we don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they know because they don't they don't tell us what they know. Mm-hmm. So whatever they know, we don't know. So whatever's going on, anything like you see, how nine eleven hit. They probably they probably would they probably knew some about it a little some about it. But they wasn't ready for it. Probably happened so fast, or uh, they could have, they could have stopped, they could have uh, prevented it. But at the same time, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Yeah, at the same time, but it's something that it's something that it's 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 something that we um you got to ask yourself what did what they do they know and what they're not telling us. What, what, what they playing part of. So we gotta we gotta do better than that. We gotta be ready for anything that happens. What's going on? Because it's some um, it, it's more to come. We never know when. What's more to come? So. 
That's all to my story. Okay. Mr. Wallace, how do you think could it have been prevented and how was it handled by the government or president? So, um, I don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think, I don't know if it could have been prevented. Um, I don't know. And did they handle it correctly? I mean, we haven't had a, a domestic attack since like Pearl Harbor or something, right? So, I mean, I don't know. You know I mean, I don't think anybody knew how to handle it at that point. So I guess they tried to do the best they could. And I don't know the tools that the resources that they have. So I can I can I can hope that they did their best. I assume they did, but I don't know. I, I can't give an, an intelligent answer to that, to either of those questions. I'm just I'm ignorant to both of those. Jay should know. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go to PC Joe. Uh, um, I, I think, I don't think it could have been prevented. Like, but because it's like a lot of security measures wasn't in place. Like on, like, you know, like, you know, when you're like Goliath and you're top of the, you're the king and someone just made a move against you. Like, you, you know, we, not, we wasn't expecting it. We weren't, we weren't expecting it. They caught it, they caught America off guard. I, but I guarantee you that shit will happen again. But they caught us off guard, you know, and I, and I felt like, I felt like, I, it's a hard question to answer, but I just feel like, you know, when you're like the king of the jungle, you, you, you don't expect, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nobody, to fuck, nobody to fuck with you. That's all. But, but I don't think it could happen again. L to the voice. Wasn't it Bush that was in office? Yes. He was already fucking up. Do you not remember just what happened in January? In Washington, it's who we put in office that fucked her shit up. So it could have been prevented if we would have had the right people in office at the time. That's my opinion on that. You want to have fuck ups in there? trying to do shit that they not supposed to do and trying to take over, probably try to sell the country. But I'm not going to jump into too much on that. He just had a Trump in office. He, he, he liked to buy up a whole lot of shit. Who's to say he wasn't trying to sell America? I dropped the mic. Uh, Spot me watching a lot of Michael Moore films. 
So, so without getting deep into, you know, classified shit, um, here's a question for you, right, Spot? The the killings that have been happening on the streets, how do they happen? Without without failure of intelligence, how do they happen? What you mean, basic killings off the street by minorities? How do shootings happen about people that are known, you know, killers, murderers, uh, people that you feel are not terrorists because they are? How do those happen? They happen because of lack of intelligence, right? Within the police department, within et cetera, et cetera, because you don't have people that feed you that information. Uh, That's what happened back then when there were lack of resources. To your point, there is no way that that happens again because of the money that they've put behind intelligence, reconnaissance, human intelligence, uh, geo intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. We are far advanced now from 9-11 to 2021 um, on the abilities to do intelligence, reconnaissance, and surveillance. Um, But when you don't have it, you don't have it. They were absolutely caught flat-footed. Um, you know, there are a lot, again, to, to Tor's point, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there about what happened, what didn't happen. Jason was one year in the Army, so I can't sit here and tell you, you know, how and or why it happened, but I could tell you how it affected me um, personally, how it all affected you guys on a day-to-day basis. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the intelligence to stop something, i.e. a criminal on the streets going after an individual to kill somebody without intelligence, how do you stop it without the resources to do it? You can't. Uh, to, to Joe's point, to Joe's point, I can never happen in Hold up, yeah, real quick, real quick. Sorry, sorry, brother. You know I never want to cut you, you got off. It, you got it. How do, how, how do you think the funds wasn't there for the intelligence to be there? Where did the money go? So I'll tell you. Prior to that, who was the president before before Bush? Bill, right? Right. And what was his focus on? Head, oh. head in the Oval Office. Besides head in the Oval Office, right? Social issues. <laughs> Social issues and just giving, giving, giving. Okay. Um, it wasn't really okay. on policy. It was on domestic issues. Giving people money for public assistance. Giving people money for this. Giving people money for that. Placating to, to, to voters, which he felt could put him in the office, Right. And so when you don't really focus on the national defense of your country, this is kind of what you end up with. But every president since has really made a big focus on defense, uh, both domestic and foreign. And so they have to do that. Um, my, My point to it is that, you know, decades before Bush became president, they were watching Osama bin Laden and the, the, the his fallout. Um, from within the Saudi government, because he's Saudi Arabian at the end of the day, and people tend to forget that. He's not Iraqi, he's not Afghanistan. He he was, you know, from, from a country which America has great relations with. Could there have been, you know, a cover-up what from- What country is that? Huh? What country is that? Uh, he, he was Saudi Arabian. Okay. Right. And so just so we can let everybody else know. At the end of the day, day, if you don't have the resources to go and collect in order to prevent. Right. Because 
you have to prevent, um, you have to be on the defense, so to speak, in order to prevent these types of things from happening. Um, and so if we weren't focused on it, it made it a little bit easier for them to, to, to do it. We know that going through TSA is a pain in the ass now at this point. Mr. Wallace is going to feel that when he goes through the airport to go to New York, right? So, but it wasn't, it wasn't there before. It wasn't there before. And so people were able to kind of come through with certain types of things. We allow people to come through airports with knives as long as it was, you know, of a certain length, you know, all of those things. And now we, we don't allow it anymore. So, you know, we were reactive instead of being proactive. But the reason we were reactive is because the resources weren't there to be proactive um, in all of these things. So, you know, it, it's on all of us to debate it. And we will debate it for the rest of our lives of, of, of if this could have been prevented. I think the key now moving forward is how do you prevent it from happening again? And I think we've done the right things and taken the right steps uh, in order to prevent it. Um, and so we have to absolutely stay focused on foreign policy um, as we focus on domestic policy as well. But our domestic policies can't be just give, give, give uh, to the American people where it, 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 it handicaps us at the end of the day because right. there is political will to, to Mr. Wallace's point, there's political will to, to continue to do these types of things. And that's not what we need to do. Right. We got to continue to have a strong military. We got to have a strong back, you know, uh, foreign policy. We got to have strong law enforcement at home at, at large. And if we don't, you know, we, we get what we get. And that's not where we should be as a as a superpower in this in this nation. But that's why we need to tax the the, the ability of truth. Because even, even on the Jay-Z track, when he said, I ain't paid taxes in years, you know what I'm saying? We need to tax these billionaires. And as long as they stay in power and stay and, and have their fucking hands in the pocket of these politicians, I don't think a lot's going to change. It's just going to be more inflation. How do you tax and, them? And, and, huh? How do you tax them? How do you tax them? Make yep. them pay the same shit that they pay, that, that, that everybody pays. They can pass that law. How do you make them pay that? How do you make them pay that? Make it a law. But they, 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 they participate. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you, how do you make a law? They get it passed by Congress, the Senate, President. Everybody got to be in the same page. And so who do you get into Congress? How do you get them in Congress? It's voting. Yeah, it, it, it's what Mr. Wallace was saying, but it's not just voting. It's putting your own people in, in, in power, like Mr. Wallace said. That's exactly right. <laughs> get a minute. Uh, I'm voting. Uh, but we have, but I vote, oh, I vote, I vote, I vote. But the thing is, it's not even about vote. It's, it's voting for the right people. Because right. we just like, and I think you a lot about this, these it, podcasts. Right? If, you don't, if you don't pay attention to it, you get what you get. But the thing is, too, like, right? Like, everybody wanted Bernie. And everybody was fighting for Bernie because Bernie was talking some real shit. And the government threw everything at you. And that's how I know, like, um, that's, how, that's how I realized that, um, what's his dude's name? What's the president's name? My bad. Biden? Biden. That's how I know Biden is not the right person for this country. Because when Bernie was leading and he was ahead, that's when they threw Bloomberg in it. That's when they threw Biden. They threw everybody in it, and they brought up Obama to endorse Biden. That's not but what they did, Joe. They wanted Biden to win. But, but, but I'll tell you, he wouldn't be president without Jim Clyburn. That is a fact. He will not be president without Jim Clyburn in the state of South Carolina. 
And if he would have lost South Carolina, which Bernie was primed to win, Clyburn yeah. threw that behind Joe Biden. And because he won South Carolina, it changed the tide for him. Right? Oh, but Clyburn, Clyburn has been in office for over 40 years. How long is how long was Biden in office? Over 40 years. Brothers, yep. You know what I mean? So and 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 you know what? We need to get and, and I'm being real, we need to get rid of these old people. Like, like there's no way in hell you should be in Congress for all these years. We need to get we need to get these people the fuck out of it because they have an old way of thinking. <laughs> and, and, and and everything, no, but everything, everything is Everything is progressing. Right, about the country is changing, and then and then we just have the same old motherfuckers yeah, from, from back in the day. I was thinking about that. Like, same time, but I'm the old motherfuckers. Yo, outside of Congress, they couldn't get a job. Ain't nobody hiring no nobody that fucking age. Indeed. And that sucks, dude. That that's a problem. That's a problem. The president couldn't get a job if he wasn't in fucking the government, baby. Like, like nobody would hire. Indeed. Oh, you could run a fucking country. You could run a country. Run a country. <laughs> you seven, you seventy years old trying to work at, at a warehouse. They not hiring you. <laughs> Over to you, Molly Mall. Yeah, true. World, world talk. What's your thoughts? How was it handled when you think it could have been prevented? But the uh 9-11. Um, I can't say. He really can't say what's going on. Cause like even um with June, Gruff was a, a, um alluding to earlier. I saw a whole series of shitload of conspiracy theories, the man behind the curtain, and it's like strategically before every um major war. There's a there's a um a slight spat or something happened where they use that you know it's classic shit in the streets. We're gonna send him over here. We're gonna send a dojo over here to do a dummy mission mission to cut somebody, and then when he get beat up, you know, beat up bad, we have a reason to start war with this other side and take their resources, which is. Mostly the um the idea financial, but um so it's a lot of that. But at the end of the day, it's like we, we'll never really know what's going on. We'll get bits and pieces of the truth. You know what I'm saying we'll probably even get some clues and some movies. But at the end of the day, we don't really know. Like how Jay said, that's G five classified, baby. Talk about hey, hey you, we just talk about enemy of the state. Let's snatch this whole podcast so quick, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, some some things is just deeper than rap, man. It's like I don't know, man. Will, been, Will Smith, sorry to cut you off, Tor. Will Smith, uh-huh. the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yo, King Richard look like it's gonna be good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's Will Smith, the truth. That shit gonna be good. But yeah, but. So the question, though, um, I'm not sure, man, if it could have been prevented. But like, like how Jay was saying, um, when you're not spending money on your defense, of course, it's gonna it's gonna be chasing the armor. And so, so that happened on U.S. soil. You like they also always talking about how we, um, how they position themselves abroad and and, and, and handle those situations there. 
so it don't have to come back and have casualties of American blood on the soil. You know what I'm saying? So like, under all that's understanding all that, all that, the whole military and that, all that's a real thing. And that shit is deep, deep. It's real, real deep. Like, it's real deep, man. It's, it's a serious thing. So like, and like, um, just to, just to, you know, in closing, to this day, this day, this day and age, 2021, there's a lot of third wall killing crazy shit happening around the world, which we are privileged not to have to deal with because of what Jay was saying with the military being so strong and they reach or whatever the case may be. But that's a real thing in people's lives around the world. But believe it or not, it's going on in our neighborhood. Oh, and that's right a now. fact right there, baby. Yeah, well, yeah, bro. What the domestic terrorism, of course, that's on the rise. Me, me and Joe and I was talking about that earlier on how the gangs and, and the Bronx, like and we said, I was saying it's safe to say, you know, being a Brooklyn night, we had the title for a long time, but it's safe to say the Bronx is definitely probably the most dangerous borough in New York City. So yeah, I, yeah, I think so. It is. Yeah, regardless, so, regardless of all of this, I would yeah, say just from what I see, America, I am happy to live in America. I am proud to be an American. I am thankful for everything that this country provides. Not about it, brother. It provides a lot. It provides a lot and it protects us from a lot. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It, is, it has its, you know, it has its, its there's a lot of countries that's like in disease. Like that's this is the thing that I'm exposed to. You know, a lot of countries have like very terminal diseases. And we just don't have them simply because of one, you know, we're vaccinated when we're when we're babies. And just our environment doesn't allow for it. You know what I mean? And yo, it's just it, it's a lot easier in this country than it could be in a lot of other places, man. You know, and I'm thankful for that every day. And, and yo, for, for that reason, I can't be questioning the government too much, you heard? <laughs> heard up. Yeah, word. Word up. They're gonna make sure we good. They're gonna make sure we Listen, uh, yo, yo, we got, I thought, well, you know, of course, this, you know, the spat and, and flint and all that, but all of us could turn on the fountain and take a bath, right? <laughs> like, that's a real oh, thing. That's fact. That's fact. That's fact. Yes, sir. Like, only only in America. You, you heard what Lamar yeah. said. You, you, heard, you cut a nigga water off. That's it. Yo, yo, how, about, how about you? You expect to have your personal space, yo. You expect to have your personal space. Right. I got a whole townhouse to myself. Right. This don't happen. For regular modes, you know, Joe Schmoes, this don't happen. Right. Don't worry, I'm gonna bring my blow up bed down there again. I got I got two blow up beds. I got two spots to rest my head. We well, gonna take them. We gonna you taking those? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, All right, so we're gonna do this right now. Um, Jay Boogie, finally take. Look, man. Um, you know, again, you know, nine eleven changed us all fundamentally. Um, and I think we we make do with what we do. That's what that's what makes black people so great uh, in this country is that we are resilient. We know how to fight through it and we will continue to fight through it. But I would tell you, um, 
what, what makes us great is, is us uh, as a family, as brothers, we do this together and we stick into this together. Right. And so what I would tell you is to my brother, LT, the voice here, um, today is not about, you know, this topic that we discussed today is about you, brother, um, and, and, and surrounding you with love and joy um, in your time and making sure that we take care of you. Although 9-11 happened, 9-11 changed our lives, but it never changed who we was as people and as brothers. And so to you, brother, I send my deepest condolences to you and your family. And what I would tell you is you got a lot of love and a lot of big family um, that's here with you to support you, do you with you as you get through this time of your grieving. So much love to you, and I salute you. I appreciate you, my brother. Facts, facts. Thank you. Cheers. Final take. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. You know, the piggyback on what Jay was just saying, man. Yes, definitely. LT the voice definitely being a big brother to all of us, man. You know what I'm saying? And a brother to all of us. You know what I'm saying? So like definitely my deepest condolences. You know what I'm saying? To you and your family, you and D, you know what I'm saying? Your nieces, you know what I'm saying, your nephews, all all of y'all, you know what I mean? So cause I like life, 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 man. Like I was saying to you earlier though, definitely everything that she, you know what I'm saying, is instilled to you. You living through her, she looking down on you for, for real. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you so much. You already know, man. Thank you so much. Fluffy, final take. Yeah, um, yeah, most, um, <clears throat> shout out to, um, out to the voice. I mean, everything is about right now. It's about him right now. So, um, like everybody's saying, um, for your grieving, keep your head up, keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Life take us to a life take us to everything. So we gotta make the best of it. I mean, we're here for you. I mean, keep your head up, brother. Go Giants. Go Giants. You could have saved me some of that steak you had. You want to show half a picture of your plate? Yeah, yeah. I had to. Mac and cheese, asparagus, <laughs> and steak. We eating good over here. Yeah, you, you showed a half a plate. Nah, I ain't showing a half a plate. You wasn't looking right. You probably was just yeah, right. you, you was focused, <laughs> focusing that one thing, nigga. I should have whole plate. <laughs> love is love. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love I, you, nigga. You already know. I can't wait to have a drink with you when um whenever. So I mean, keep I doing what you're doing. You, I love you, man. Appreciate it. All right, Mr. Wallace, final take. Um. So yeah, um, good topic, good discussion. Um, but as everyone else said, this, this really is about LT and being there for, for you, brother. Um, I'm sorry for your loss and for the loss of your family. Uh, I'm here for you. Uh, I just recently met you, but 
I got nothing but love for you, brother. And, and honestly, you know, that, that's a hard pill to swallow. And um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're going through that. Uh, but I know you're a very, very religious man. You know, God would not give you more than you can handle. Um, Amen. Believe that and believe that we are here to help you handle that. So Wallace, I appreciate that so much. We'll catch up Back. and get more in tune with each other, you know. Bring the air matches, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're a brother, man. You're a brother. And I appreciate that so much. Man, our facts, man. All day, man. Yeah. Fully correct, Joe. Yeah, well, I can't wait to meet you again. So that was, you know, LT the voice, we love you, brother. Deepest condolences, you know what I'm saying? But I love you. You know, we're going to talk. We're going to link up. Whatever you need, I'm here to help. You know, and, you know, we just love you, man. We love you, Spot. You're a big brother, bro. You know, you always be a big brother. And um, we need to invest in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be. I gotta be in a connection, child. We gotta do that personally together. We all gotta do that personally together. Sir, Spotticus, Spotticus, Spotticus. We absolutely we, we want to give it to Maul and then give the last word to LT the voice. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna put the spot. Spot, go ahead. LT the voice, go ahead. His last word. I appreciate y'all, brothers, for keeping me strong. I I thank y'all so much for the love that y'all showing me. Yo, Spot, do me a favor, real quick, bro. Get it off that nipple that's on the ceiling, and let us see your face. There you go. Yeah, I put my hat on, man. Right, you good? <laughs> you good, Flavor Flav? Just go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate y'all, man. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all for keeping me. Y'all know I got other siblings I got to worry about. Make sure they strong. I appreciate y'all so much. God's honesty. And Fluffy got to get a shirt. I, uh, Jesus. He got what? <laughs> oh, that nigga violate your spot. He violate your Fluffy. Because <laughs> more, more, more don't want me to be down with y'all. That's what it is. Don't be violating him. <laughs> more, more catching me out. More don't want me down with y'all. Over to you. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not with the, I'm not with the young team. I'm with the old team. I got a shirt for you, boy. We're going to talk after I wrap this up, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, right we're rolling around. Jay Boogie, uh, thank you so much. Fine, um, drop a jewel. Five. 86,400 seconds in a day. Make them all count. Every day you wake up is a blessing. We always better on this side of the grass than we are on the other. Make them all count, brother. Somebody will always depend on you. You never know who they are. Just make sure you keep doing what you're doing and being who you are, brother. Thank you, brother. All right. World Tour, drop a jewel before we go. Thank you so much.
Yeah, man, we still here, man. The brother's running strong, man, 20 plus years in. So it's a beautiful thing, man. We all we all up there. We Let's up go. there. Let's <laughs> get it. It's a beautiful thing that, you know, we we taking this journey of life together. Taking these laps around the sun together, man. It's a beautiful ride, man. I'm enjoying yeah, it. Y'all not up there like me. I'm the oldest out of y'all. Yo, get out of there. Niggas don't even know your age. <laughs> 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 I'm the oldest out of y'all. Fluffy, drop a jewel before we go. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Appreciate all of y'all. Drop I mean, even though I don't have a shirt, I appreciate everybody. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I want to be done with the team. Everything y'all do, I, I'm done with y'all. So that's all to it. You can have a shirt, man. I can make you. Talk to it. Let me push everybody. Push the love. I mean, we we here. It's one one one. We as one. <laughs> All right, Mr. Wallace, drop a Jew, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank everybody. Um, I would say that sometimes it's important to 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 get out the rat race. You know, what I mean, jump off the merry-go-round and do some self-reflection and see where you are. You know what I mean? You got to go. I think that's very important. And sometimes we need to take the time to do that. Absolutely, brother. Well said. All right. Play correct Joe. Drop a jewel, baby boy. Mad money in the stock market. Invest in that shit. Uh, it, better, it, better be, it better be true. It better work, Joe. I'm going to drop some money on that. Drop some All money right. on Facebook. I'm going I'm to come to you so you can show me how to do this. Drop some money on Facebook. Show me how to do that this. It's me, bitch. He's going to take over the world. <laughs> show me how to do it. It's me, bitch. There you go. Now right, Bobby Smyrna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Little T the voice. All right. Drop a jewel. And send us home, baby boy. Drop your money on me, Green, the Eagle. Y'all losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down by us. Um, what? It's twenty-four Come on, bro. It's twenty-four seventeen. But y'all losing. For real, on the jewel dropper. Life is short. Keep who's close to you, close to you. Don't let them go until it's their time. Because the only thing that's promised to us is death. And, that, and that's real, y'all. You never know what time is going to come. Well said. All right. This has been another edition of the Brothers Podcast. We out. Now that we done spoke on these topics, you know it's only right that we open up your optics for all my listeners. Now I know you got options, but I ask around, the brothers the hottest, like DJ Khaled, we the best in these streets. Make sure that you're listening in next week. Shout out to Sergeant J Boogie and World Tour, LT The Voice, and PC Joe for sure. Mr. Wallace and Ryan Bars leaving one and more. You know it's Brothers Podcast, what you fronting for? Where we got news and drop jewels galore. Law, the Brothers Podcast, Stash Crib Report. Chip.
BK all day, Ryan Bars. The future like flying cars.